Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale, and in this week's episode, I am talking with Chef Royce Daniels from West End Kitchen and Catering right here in Syracuse, New York. Well, I'm thrilled to have Chef Royce on the podcast this week. Um, You know, I've met him a couple of times working on the Baja Cali food truck, and I've had some of his food from there. Uh... Really specifically, his everything wings, I believe they were, that they had out at the uh, Wing Fest this past year, and just really, really good. And then all of a sudden, over the past like month, I've just been seeing so many different posts about him on uh, Facebook and on Instagram. And so I just shot him a DM and got him in and and, and did the podcast. And uh, yeah, had a, had a fun time sitting down and talking with him. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, I'm recording this pretty late. It's uh, Friday night, December 22nd. This episode is most likely going to hit tomorrow. And, and you know, this is like a busy week. I've got three episodes that I've recorded over the last week or two that are going to all be released here in the next, like, week and a half between now and New Year's Day. And, um, and some great episodes coming up with Chef Royce today, Billy Smith from Heritage Hill, and then... Uh, Luis from Peels on Wheels out in Rochester. Three great conversations uh, all coming out right away. So I'm excited to release them. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're coming here to the end of the year, and I'm starting to reflect on what 2023 has been for Eat Local New York and also setting my sights on 2024. And, you know, to talk about 2023, it's been a great year for Eat Local New York specifically in our content creation and my content creation and social media and my social media presence really specifically, you know, um, for those of you listening who are in the industry and maybe you're not in the food industry, but you're in like social media or marketing or content creation. I am incredibly passionate about that and, um, about creating content, figuring out what's good, what works, what doesn't work you know, how to grow a social presence, how to grow a business through social media. And, uh, you know, this past year, for the better part of the year, I was able to put out a a new piece of content like five days a week. And it was an incredible amount of work. It also cost an incredible amount of money. Um, But I was able to grow our, the Eat Local Instagram account, not to mention the, the TikTok a little bit, Facebook a little bit, but just our Instagram account from 20,000 followers up to 32, which doesn't sound like a lot, but, um, you know, for somebody here in like a small market like Syracuse, and even though I've been trying to expand out into Rochester and Buffalo and New York City and and other parts of New York, um, to grow that much has been awesome. And, and yeah, I mean, travel, I've been this year alone from Brook, from Buffalo to Brooklyn, Rochester, um, Auburn, Sackett's Harbor, you know, uh, out to Utica and Cortland and, and a bunch in Syracuse, obviously, and Poughkeepsie and, and just all these different places. And, you know, I'm sure that there's other people out there that are talking and like creating content about restaurants in New York State. I know there's plenty of them. You know, they're typically what I usually see is Instagram accounts, food Instagram accounts that are like, focused on their city in Buffalo and Rochester and Syracuse and New York City and, and, you know, different places, Um, Hudson Valley and yada, yada, yada. But I have yet to find anyone that has been posting about restaurants or the food scene across the entire state like I have with Eat Local New York. And, you know, thinking through that, thinking through that responsibility, like thinking through the, the concept of, okay, am I one Am I one of one? Am I, is there two? Are there two of us out there who have spent, you know, the better part of a year traveling around the state and trying to find great local restaurants to talk about and promote? And um, I'm going to, I'm going to, for the sake of this intro, I'm going to say that I'm the only one. And I think if in 2023, my goal was just to put out as much content as I possibly could, I think in 2024, my goal is going to be something that I'll talk about in the podcast with Billy Smith coming out on Christmas Day. Um, anyways, big thanks to Chef Royce for coming in and sitting down on the podcast. And with that, I want to talk about our sponsor, 
I talked about him in last week's episode and gave that example of the, the restaurant that local restaurant that chose to go with somebody else for their soda and uh, their cola and how dumb I think that is. Brown Carbonic has been such an exceptional sponsor and partner here for the Eat Local New York podcast. And there's a lot to be said about an, about a business owner who does what Sean did. Um, you know, Sean is the son, family, fa- part of the family that is running and owns Brown Carbonic. And, and Sean is a listener here on the podcast. And if you remember a few months ago, I was like, hey, listen, we need to get sponsors if we're going to keep the podcast and it's going to be a viable thing and keep it going. Because it takes an exceptional amount of time to produce these podcasts. And and even in like the unedited way that I do them, with the exception of things like these intros and whatnot, um, but even in that regard, it still takes an incredible amount of time to produce these podcasts. And so I put that out on, in one of the episodes that we were looking for intros, and bam, that like next day I got an email from Sean, um, local company, local business owner, who was willing to like come in and sponsor the podcast and support us. And, um, and just for the fact, he said, he's like, a lot of your guests have been my customers and, and I want to hear, I want to want you to continue like promoting them. And so if, if not, if for nothing else than that example, you should be working with a Brown Carbonic, um, not to mention they offer so many different things that your restaurant, your food service business, hospitality business needs from creating their own craft sodas and beverages with Challenger Cola to offering ice ice machines, uh, your CO2, your nitrogen for your draft beer systems, uh, dishwashers. I mean, so many different things. I actually, this past week, got to go out to a couple different stops with Sean and go um, with him to meet a couple different restaurant owners that he's talking to. And, you know, to see there's a, a new restaurant that's it's a restaurant that's opening up in the Westcott neighborhood and to see him in there and walking the owners through like, all right, this is what you're going to need. And and just, you know, giving them so much value for all he, you know, he's bringing in like their soda. Um, But to walk them through like layout of their line and like where it's going to go and like going above and beyond to make sure that their lines get run in a way that's going to help them maximize their, um, uh, maximize their efficiency in on their line and behind their bar and just really cool. So I can't recommend them enough. Brown Carbonic, 315-454-3591 or find them online at browncarbonic.com. Well, without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. It's my conversation with Chef Royce Daniels. I'm curious about you and your history of, you know, cooking and how you got into it and all that kind of stuff and your influences. So, my grandfather, uh, uh, John Swan, um, he's a chef. Well, he was a chef. He still cooks on the side, but um, he was an influence on me when I was younger. Um, I never cooked. Oh, really? Mm -mm. Like not growing up, nothing? I was... uh, (laughs) More so into the streets. Okay. So, you know, that's what I did. Yeah. Are you from here? Yeah, I'm from Syracuse. Okay. Born and raised. So then, you know, he we found out that he had pancreas cancer. So oh, he was like, yo, you should go to culinary school. So he's been like, he was in my <laughs> ear for months talking about it. I was like, you know what, let's give it a try. Mm. My first couple of weeks of culinary school, I start packing my bags. Like, hey, I can't do this. <laughs> this is... Where'd you I'm, go? I went to I went to Job Corps, so okay. it wasn't really like a, yeah. a top culinary school. Yeah, I was I taught myself, you know, working in different restaurants, moving around. Yeah. Um. So, then yeah, so we found out that he had pancreas cancer. They ended up catching it, and mm. you know, nothing happened early. Yeah, that's good. So by then. I still didn't like it. Yeah. So, like, in 2007, I went in 2014, mind you. Um, graduated 2015. So, by, you know, 2017, that's when I start really taking it serious. Yeah. 
And I just, it was a gift. Mm-hmm. You know, that was basically built in me. Hmm. I just had to find ways to let it out. Yeah. So he cooked when you were growing up. Was he... Like just at home, or was he cooking? No, was- he was he was on cruise ships. Like, oh damn, he's a, he worked like he was the hmm. top chef of his class. Wow, he went to the top culinary school. Yeah, hmm. um, those cruise ship jobs are no joke. Yeah, he said he. That's all he did was that, hmm. you know. And then he became a truck driver. Hmm. So I was always on a truck with him. Then, hmm. you know, still doing this. <laughs> So I just, you know, I just finally said, you know what? Let me just try something yeah. new. Yeah. And I just fell in love with cooking. Mm. And ever since then, what, eight, nine years later, yeah, I'm still doing it. <laughs> it's there is something there. There's something really fun about it, and it's also a pain in the ass. You know, it's like. It, it, I don't know. It's, it's, it is one of those like sick obsessions where it's, uh, it demands a hell of a lot, like physically and mentally. And if you've got a family, it demands a hell of a lot of your time. It's draining sometimes. Oh, for sure. But there is something about cooking food for other people that then, you know, especially nowadays with social, you see them post about it. You know, actually, what led me to reach out to you when I did was I saw the Where Syracuse, somebody, you know, blew you guys up in a good way on where Syracuse eats. And I was like, man, I've, I've been seeing his name a lot lately on Facebook and on Instagram, people posting about it. And, uh, you know, obviously I've seen you around over the summer and I was like, I was like, all right, I'm going to reach out to him and get him on the podcast. Um, so, but there is something really motivating about cooking food for somebody and then seeing them post about it online and talk about how great it was. It's a really good feeling. It definitely, it definitely is. You know, because I, you know, people who've been around me, who watch me grow with cooking, can tell you that I bust my ass to get where I am today. Hmm. You know, it wasn't easy. Yeah, it was closed doors in my face that that led me to just start doing my own thing. Hmm. You know, people will. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, despise their self as something that they're not. Mm. So they do all the talking, yeah. but can't back it up. Yeah. Know, I had a lot of people in my, you know, that did that. Yeah. That didn't keep their word. Mm-hmm. So, you Spen- know, I met two people, you know, Chris Little and Kevin Little. So I've been on a food truck with them for a whole year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being around them, you know, I... It's still good people out there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially this industry, you know, because anybody can get into it. And it's a it can be like kind of a transition thing, you know, career, transition job for some people. Um, some people get into it with money and think like, oh, I can go make money in a restaurant. And they have no no business being in the restaurant industry. Mm-mm. And yeah, I mean... I've been doing this for eight years on this side of things, and I mean, it's amazing how many like shitty people I've ran into, you know, like early on too. I had this dude that early on, I'll never forget this. Like, I put a, a like a, a posting out there to try and hire a salesman, and because I'm good at sales, but I hate it. And uh, this guy reached out and he was like, "Oh, I can create this whole pitch deck for you," and. You know, then, you know, from there, whatever, you know, promise me all this stuff. And I, I, I was like, all right, that's cool. Like, yeah, let's, I'll have you, I'll pay you to do that. Um, wound up being a complete waste of money because all he did was like create this pitch deck. And he was like, all right, there you go. Have fun. I was like, dude, I could have fucking done that. Uh, I thought you were going to go out there and actually like take the pitch deck and then go sell. He was like, no, I'm just creating the deck for you. Uh, no, lo- you got to go do the work. Yeah. Or find somebody to do it. And then like, Two weeks later, I get a call from my parents at their house, and uh, they're like, so do you know anybody by this name? And it was that dude. I forget his name now, but I was like, yeah, why? They're like, the U.S. Marshals are at our house looking for him. I was like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> this dude had warrants like in Texas that he had skipped out on or something. 
And the fucking U.S. Marshal was showing up to my parents' house looking for this guy. I was like, Jesus Christ. So early on, I realized early on, even though, you know, my dad, I grew up, my dad was always in the industry, so he always tell me the shit. But early on, I was like, fuck, man, there are people out there in this that, you know, there's no way to fucking vet them, you know. I just got to learn the hard way. That happens too much. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your first job getting out of, you know, school for it? Um, I had so many jobs. Um, I want to say Denny's. Okay. Yeah, Denny's was my first job. That was my first cooking job too. On uh, Ear Boulevard. <laughs> I was I was on West Tennessee Street. Oh, uh, it's now Burger King now. Okay, yeah, yeah, that new one. That was my first job. Worked there for like two years. Okay. And then eventually I branched off and did something else. Yeah. I was like in between like retail and cooking still. Okay. So I didn't fully go into cooking until probably like 2018 maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I Did you like, you like working at Denny's? Like cooking there? Um... It opened my eyes. Yeah. Um, I got stuck there one night. So I was there from the afternoon mm. till the next day at 5 in the morning because <laughs> somebody didn't show up for their shift. Yeah. And it was probably like four or five concerts in Syracuse that night. Damn. So you know what? <laughs> that, that was like one of the only 24-7 places. And it was on, that's where you can go get breakfast all the time, yeah. right? So I got my back turned, and I'm cooking one dish. It's one person in there. You know, I literally turned back around, and I got like 10 screens in <laughs> of food. So by 5 o'clock in the morning, I was supposed to be gone by 10 o'clock, you know, that the yeah. day before. I wasn't even supposed to be there at this moment. <laughs> but unfortunately, I, you know, I had to stay mm-hmm. because somebody didn't show up. Yeah, And they put – a manager on duty that didn't know how to cook. <laughs> so it's just me back there. So now I got to put my, my, my Batman cape on. Yeah. Now I got to show them what I'm really about. <laughs> so by five, like I said, by five o'clock, we run out of all food. So we called a GM. He comes in. I was supposed to work that day. Hmm. I told him, bro, I'm not coming in. Yeah. Like I just worked like 20 hours. <laughs> I'm beat. <laughs> we don't got no food. That's funny. Nah. That's crazy. Dude didn't show up. Yeah. Like, mm-mm. and then I end up seeing the guy like a few weeks later out and about. <laughs> He's smiling at me. I'm like, dude, there's nothing to be smiling about right now. He like, I'm like, bro, you should have called somebody. Like, this is not. I'm not even in a laughing matter no yeah. more. Like, I'm. It's not a joke. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you you know if you. <laughs> Knew what went on that oh. night, you would, you wouldn't be laughing right now. Yeah, that's crazy. So I just walked past him and just left it alone. <laughs> but I was mad. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was my first job out of high school. Was I cooked third shift at Denny's? I applied for the job and uh, I applied for the a job as a waiter. And the manager was like, "You seem like you're more of a kitchen person." Yeah, like. <laughs> I don't want to be doing that. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I cooked. I did it for like four or five months and saved up enough money to move to, I moved to Ohio for a couple of years and yeah, I cooked third shift there. And that was my first, aside from like being next to my dad at home or mom when they were cooking or when I was real little, my parents had a diner for like a year. So that, but aside from that, I'd never cooked in a, you know, restaurant kitchen before. So yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. Third shift was, you know, I, I've I realized really quickly getting coming off third shift at like six in the morning. If you don't go to sleep in those first like two hours, you're awake the rest of the day. You just you can't like go home after working third shift and hang out for like three or four hours and then go to sleep at your leisure. You either hit the you either hit the bed right away or you're just awake for another day. And uh, yeah, but back then, and that was like. You know, they'd have, like, cops there on weekends all night and all that shit. It's crazy. We had a waitress break a, 
um, coffee pot over like some dude's head once. It was, I mean, going at, I mean, it was crazy. That was one of the rougher Denny's locations for third shift. I can't imagine what it's like now because really the only third shift places, I'm assuming Denny's still are, but there's the one on Carrier Circle and I think that's the only one, right? No, you got 7th North too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot Up about by, that. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and the one at Maddiedale. But yeah. they ain't good no more. Yeah, that third shift business, there really isn't. I just get breakfast. Like, yeah. you, don't, you don't really, like, I'm saying that's all you, that's good. Right. Is breakfast. Don't get nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, you're not <laughs> you know, going there for a nice, you're not there. nice dinner. You know, hey, honey, it's Friday night. Let's go to Denny's. No, this is like, we can cook this at the house, <laughs> but let's just go here and get it already done. Yeah. Give it a six out of 10. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, so Denny's and then, um, so where were you right before you got hooked up with the Littles? Um, I was actually at Dinosaur Barbecue. Oh, were you? How long were you there for? But I was I was only there temporary. Okay. I was waiting for the restaurant to get mm. done. Yeah. So I didn't have no plan and to even stay there. Yeah. It was just something to put some money in my pocket and yeah. wait, for that, wait for that to be done. How'd you like it there? Didn't like it. <laughs> it, was, it was it was garbage. Really? Yeah. Really? Uh, it's not for me. That's wild. What about it? I'm curious because this yeah. lunch is is literally just like adult luncheon. Mm. Everything Man. on trees. Yeah. I'm not. I'm used to cooking from scratch and plating. Yeah. You know, not saying that I'm bigger than anybody. All right. But. It's just it just wasn't for me. Yeah, yeah. Barbecue like that is a lot of scoop and serve, you know, right? Yeah. You mean you get prepped up and then I'm saying everything was already prepped. Oh yeah, okay. So when we came in, you know, oh yeah, it yeah. Was, or I was on uh, either grill, which mm. was everything was already done. You just searing it, and, yeah, you know. But like I said, it just... yeah, we had a guy at. Limp Lizard, who um, in North Syracuse, who we hired, they hired um, back in December of last year. And I only say we because I had we had threw and fried in there for a little bit. And uh, so he came from Dinosaur. He had been there. For, he had worked there for like 15 years or something. And he's like a 30 year, you know, line cook vet in Syracuse. And um, I lived in Austin for a few years. So or near Austin. So like the appreciation for barbecue coming from out there where everybody's using a stick smoker, you know, nobody is using like, or hardly anybody is using, you know, like the gas assist, like dinosaur or limp lizard, most of them use around here, you yeah. know? Um, which I know a lot of people say you can't really, they're like, you know, I don't know. A lot of people say you can't taste the difference, but I think there's something that go to be said for like the passion and like the, the dedication, you know. They do got some good mac and cheese, though. A dinosaur? Yeah. I think dinosaur, Miss Prissy's is up there for me, and Angry Smokehouse is up there for me. But I think dinosaur is definitely, if I had to list the top three, I'd probably say it's those three. Yeah. You know, from what I've had. Um, yeah, they do crush that. I wonder if she's open today. Who, Miss Prissy? <laughs> yeah, I don't I think she is. I think she's, I think Tuesdays are the days that she's closed. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, that's good, man. Her fish, her fish with the mac and cheese. I was just talking to her. I was supposed to have a meeting with her too, but uh, we had two break-ins at the restaurant. Oh, damn! So it's been kind of busy for myself. Damn, they get anything? Yeah. No, that sucks. You got some money, but you know, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's it won't stop us. Yeah, we. Um, I was thinking about moving the studio here to Eastwood. Um, and I still might, I'm going to look at a place, but, um, cause I want to build out, I want to have the place in Eastwood's like four times as big as this. Mm-hmm. And so I want to have like set up like a kitchen to do like cooking shows, like bring different chefs and cooks in, in Syracuse and do like different cooking shows each, each week. And I can't do that here. Um, but Eastwood gets a lot of break-ins, you know, a lot of break-ins, mostly kids, you know, it's nothing serious, but it's like break a window here, break a window there, you know? Yeah. So, 
Yeah. So what's it been like, you know, being on the food truck and, and, you know, now you're, you're in the kitchen for the winter, right? Yep. Yeah. So what's that like over there? Um, it's good. Yeah. I like it. This is like, I'm, I'm there six days a week. Damn. Uh, my days off is Sundays and Mondays. Okay. I sleep in. Yeah. I may go by the shop on Sundays, but not, not too often. Yeah. Is this your first thing of having like full control? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I've been head chefs, you know, on, you know, in other restaurants, but okay. like I said, you know, they, they say something, they say one thing. Yeah. And then. Right. Act totally different the next, <laughs> the next time. So <laughs> Yeah. Bring your recipes in. It's your menu. Yeah, so <laughs> now, you know, I got full control of my menu. You know, I buy all my groceries. That's cool. You know, I can say I don't, we don't work for each other. We work together. That's good. You know, we lost a big piece to the truck last year. Yeah. You know, Brian Little. So, you know, we dedicated this year to him. That's awesome. So. It was a good year, right? Yeah. This is all for him. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, he was supposed to be next to me mm-hmm. on the truck. Mm. He was supposed to be next to me in the restaurant. You know, so it's sad, you know. So, like I said, we dedicated this all for him. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was, um, I feel like you guys just really took off this year, you know. And uh, seeing you seeing every, you guys everywhere. And, um, and good food, lots of great reviews out there. Um, and over the course of everything, you know, especially those wings. I don't know, I forget what that sauce was that he brought me over at the... Uh, battle of the wings. He's like, you got to try these. The everything wings. Oof, man, those are good. Yeah, so I rec- I created those wings back in. Dang, it was years ago. Yeah. So I only seen like one place doing it, and that was like, uh, I want to say, the casino. Mm. I don't know what casino it was, but it was one casino that was doing them. Hmm. Um, so I went in the back. I was working at a pizza spot back then. You know, I went in the back on my break, you know, smoked a little weed, came back. Sorry, I don't know. If I no, you're good. Okay. Um, you can say do whatever you want on this thing. And came back <laughs> and, and put a couple sauces together. And put a couple, you know, <laughs> this and this and that on there. And it was one of our top sellers. Like, I'm talking mm. about 200 at a time. Damn. Was being sold. Wow. Mm. And, um, yeah, that's mm. how it all started. Yeah. Those, those like, signature wing sauces for places can take, make a place, man. I mean, look at oh, Shifties yeah. and the Frankenstein. I, I make a... A vat of it, hmm. and it's gone within a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> like we make homemade blue cheese. Damn, like that's wings and homemade blue cheese is a perfect match. Huh? Yeah. You can't have no in the in the container blue cheese already. <laughs> it has to be homemade. I won't. I won't out the place. Uh, but you know, it's getting expensive to go out to eat nowadays, right? It so, is. I mean, it's stupid expensive. So my wife and I, like, I, we've, we used to get pizza every Friday, and now I, I make it at home. And I hate to say it, but, you know, I make a you – know, I, won't, I won't say that because I'll, I'll count the people if I say that. But uh, it's good. It's good fucking pizza <laughs> I make at home. Anyways, this past Friday, I had a gift card, so we ordered from this place. It was $60. To, granted, like, 15 of that was, like, tip and delivery, but still $60 to get – a large pizza in an order of wings delivered on a Friday night. And the wings sucked. I mean, usually they're good, but they were like, they're supposed to be wet. They're bone dry. The seasoning was burnt on them. And then it was like a thing of Ken's blue cheese, you know? And even like the pizza, like I'm eating the pizza and I was like, it's like, I've, I've made pizza at home like a dozen times and I make a better pizza than this. It was so disappointing, you know? So... Yeah, making making your own blue cheeses. That's like a pro move, man. Not a lot of people do that around here either. Yeah. 
we take we take pride in our everything that we do at West End. Yeah. So who who instilled that in you? Like where did you where did you pick that stuff up? You know, like trying to get creative and do something original, and then like going above and beyond to like make your own blue cheese. So I don't make the blue cheese. Kevin makes the blue oh, cheese. Oh, does he? Okay. But I can say that um, the creations come from 2 o'clock in the morning Yeah. when I wake up. Hmm. And just, you know, being around Syracuse, everything's the same. Mm-hmm. So being a chef, you have to be creative. You can't call yourself a chef if you're not creative. Mm-hmm. If you're coming up with the same thing, Who's gonna Who's gonna keep tabs on you? Yeah, so you're gonna, you're gonna be known as doing the same thing. Mm. So you know, me personally, I like to be different. Mm. That's good. You know, I can plate. I can make a pizza. Mm. It may take a little time for a pizza. I want to say I'm good in pizza, but I can. If you give me time, I can make a good pie. Yeah, but wings, I definitely. I can make I can make some good wing sauce <laughs> and other mm. food too, but you know yeah. my wings is like my signature. Okay, that and my pasta. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've seen a couple things online about that. Is there some Cajun pasta? Um, am I dreaming that up? It can be. Yeah. <laughs> it can <laughs> be. I was thinking about that this morning actually at two o'clock. Oh really? Yeah. Doing like a, I did a Cajun sausage and. Yeah, the Cajun sausage Alfredo. Okay. Yeah. Like a few months back, mm-hmm. sold out. Mm. And then I just recently just did a chicken Alfredo, sold mm-hmm. out both mm. nights. That's awesome. Yeah, we don't have any, like, really great Cajun food in Syracuse at all that I know of. Um, There was a – oh, shit, what was the name of that place? The one Creole place was on Jefferson Street, and then they went. They moved out to East Syracuse. Oh, I know who you're talking about. They were in the mall. Yeah. Um, Creosol. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. I knew the. I know the owner. I knew the owner. Darren. That's, yeah. Yeah. Met him a couple of times because I used to work at uh, Stone Farm Fresh. Okay. Um, it was in in Shopping Town. Oh, okay. Right next door to him. Yeah. When he was there. Um, hmm. Yeah, he's a, he was a good dude. Yeah. His food was good. Yeah. And then yeah. he just left and disappeared. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he's still in the area or not. I know he, like, because he got started in construction. Like, that's how he made money. And then the restaurant, I think, was, like, the side thing. Uh, but he had, it, he had it up for a number of years for it being, you know, kind of the side hustle. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was the only place to get, you know, Creole or, you know, food like that around Syracuse. Um, yeah. What do you think about, like, the current landscape of, like, restaurants in Syracuse and, like, the type of food that's available? Um, food is overpriced. Yeah. It's not all that good. <laughs> so I'd rather just cook my own food, you know, for that. For that. Uh, and we don't have no late night spots. Mm-mm. Like, we were just talking about Denny's. That's the only late night spot you got. Yeah. You may got SU, I mean, not SU, um, yeah, SU area. Yeah. But they close at what, 10, 11 o'clock? Yeah. Um, you got down here. Mm-hmm. You got C- CSP, you got Three Lives. Yeah. Um, yeah it's not nice. a lot of places that, you know, that's open with yeah. good food. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, my hours is 2 o'clock in the morning on Saturdays. Is it really? Yeah. Damn. And then 1 o'clock on Fridays. Wow. So we're open. Wow. And then 10 o'clock on uh, Thursdays and Wednesdays. Hmm. Yeah, that's late, man. Most places on weekends, they're shut down at like 8 or 9 o'clock, or weekdays, rather. Nope. Yeah, that's crazy. You want some good food? We're open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's. Um, I'd love to see – I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things I'd like to see different. Uh, and the food scene in Syracuse. And one of the things I was just talking with Chef Rich from uh, Eden in last week's episode about, like, because I, I see this in Rochester and and Buffalo a little bit, and uh, and then other cities I've just seen online. But you have a restaurant that opens up where it's like, hey, they're hyper focused on this thing, 
mm-hmm. and they are the best at it, you know. And but that's all they do, you know. They're not trying to do like a thousand different things on their menu. They're trying to do like, hey, listen, I'm going to focus in on like there's this dude in uh, Rochester, uh, Peels on Wheels. He makes four styles of pizza, and he's a master at those four styles. And talking to him about how he's developed his dough and all that kind of stuff, it's crazy. It's like you're talking to a, you know, a scientist or something. I mean, because he's just he's that dedicated about like trying to figure out the best way to make these four styles of pizza. Um, I'd love to see something that pops up where it's like, hey, we're going to do this one thing and we're going to do it really, really well. Um, and I'd love to see like a legit Italian deli because we don't have like a legit like New York City style yeah. Italian deli up here, you know. But uh, but I get it. It's, it, it is tough because you're trying to figure out like, hey, what's going to make money, you know, what's going to pay my bills and uh, and what am I passionate about at the same time. Yeah. You know, if you're lucky, those two things are the same. Uh, but that's not always the case, you know. Yeah. So what's your favorite thing to do in the kitchen? Is it like coming up with the recipes? Is it working the line? Um, I would just like being in the kitchen. That's uh, a passion I have. Yeah. I don't care what I'm doing in the kitchen. As long as I'm in the kitchen, mm-hmm. cooking, you know, I, that's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I was in, I went, I was working over the summer doing some, we had this like 20 person catering thing uh, up there, uh, not catering, but it was like 20, it was like this group of people, it was like 25 people coming in all at the same time. And I was up there, it was, you know, July like 15th or something like that. So it was 108 degrees in the, on the line and I was doing it myself and I was like, there was like sweat dripping off the brim of my hat. I'm like, I'm like, this is fucking tough, but there is something weirdly like addicting about that. It is. Yeah. Because I know at certain times when I'm in the kitchen, like I don't work like in many restaurants. Like I was the lead line cook at Oh My Darling. Oh, really? Um, I, I was the head chef at, uh, well, it's now Lima Range, but it was uh, Stoop Kitchen. Oh yeah, I, I was after Mike. Oh really? Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, what was that? What was it like being at Stoop? It was good. Yeah. My sister, my sister worked there, mm-hmm. so it was kind of like she she wanted me to come there. Yeah. So I ended up going there. You know, I guess he was training me because he was leaving. Mm-hmm. So I ended up becoming the head chef and being on the side of uh, this guy mm-hmm. named Caleb, mm-hmm. which was their sous chef. Okay. So we took it over. And you know, we just kept it alive. It was a lot. You yeah, know, we had to fire our whole our whole lunch crew because hmm. they we just kept getting calls. Like we got tired of it, <laughs> so we was like, we might as well just live there. So we built a cot upstairs. Really? And we just slept there. <laughs> it was. I tell you, I wouldn't go back. Yeah, <laughs> not go back. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't sound Them like long fun. hours. Yeah, mm. yeah. Hopefully, you're getting paid for it. Not enough. Yeah, <laughs> not to sleep there. Not enough. Yeah. What was it like at Oh My Darling? Um, I help open it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not sure the year that it opened, but you know, I helped put together that kitchen. Yeah. Come up with the menu with Jaden. Mm-hmm. It was good working beside him. Then I ended up leaving to go get a new job, and I came back, and mm-hmm. he rehired me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I left again. Okay, things just got different. It was different. Yeah. Versus when we first started, mm-hmm. you know, they were. I wouldn't bad talk them, but they were yeah. just hiring random people off the streets, mm-hmm. like. That we can't, yeah, you know, got Joe Smo over here <laughs> doing his thing outside, <laughs> you know. So yeah, so it was it was it was different, you know, but it was fun opening up a restaurant. Yeah, you know, yeah, coming up with different things. You know, we had a soft opening on uh, what day was that? Green Beer Day. Yeah, uh, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. We got slammed. Yeah, I remember that. But it was fun. Mm-hmm. 
Like I'm on I'm I'm on a uh, on YouTube with Jaden. Me and Jaden uh, side by side. He was doing uh, the burger, and I don't, I think I was prepping for something else. But being in that situation was great for mm-hmm. me. Mm. So that was a good burger. It was that goat cheese. Yeah, that's a really good burger. It definitely was. That was one of my favorite burgers to cook every night and mm. take home. Yeah. And sometimes I would just fry me up a goat a goat cheese croquette mm-hmm. and just eat it just like that. Yeah. Especially with that bacon jam. Oh, bacon yeah. jam was good too. How do you do that? Do you so what do you do? You make the goat cheese cylinder, bread it, and then freeze it? Yeah. Okay. And then just dip it in egg and batter and just deep fry it. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I've always wondered about that, like keeping it together. So it was like a puck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a really good burger, really good burger. I mean, back in the, back when you guys first opened it, I love Ryan and and Leanne, and you know, I don't think they listen to the podcast, but uh, uh, I feel I've now. Granted, I haven't been there in like a year, but there was a time before COVID. It was like the shit. I mean, that was like the best burger. That goat cheese croquette like filled the whole bun. It was a phenomenal burger. And then I went after I went after COVID one time and it, like that croquette was like you know that big you know the burgers like that big and I was like eh, I was like you know things have changed. Um, it definitely changed. Yeah, that's got that's that's tough. That's got to be tough. I've 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 never ran or been part of a restaurant that has like a lot of turnover, you know, or and especially kept the same menu during that turnover. So that's got to be tough to like bring somebody new in. And say like, hey, this is exactly you know, try to get them to do it exactly the same way. Because especially if you're, for most people, I'd imagine if you're like a chef or a headline cook, you're bringing your own level of creativity to something. You know, it's got to be hard to be like, hey, I need you to do it exactly like A, B, C, and D, and not change at all when that person has their own level of creativity. You know. And that was Jaden. Jaden started that. Yeah. So he had high expectations on food. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up leaving. That's why the food went down. Yeah. Was he the one that was the CIA grad? Yeah. Yeah. Where'd he go? Do you know? I don't. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, it can be tough, man. There's, I mean, I've, I've been doing this eight years now and mostly here in Syracuse. It's tough. You see a lot of good talent leave the area and go to other places. Some of them just get burned out, so they go to, like, the casinos, you know, because... It's not necessarily creative, but it's a great paying job. And, you know, you get treated like a regular person instead of a line cook, you know. Um, But, uh, yeah, it can be tough for sure in this town. Yeah. So what were you, what was around when you were growing up? Like what what restaurants and that kind of stuff? Um, See, I grew up Ponderosa. Um, The one in Mattydale? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that the part of the town you grew up in? No, I grew up on the east side of Syracuse. Okay. But that was one of our family spots that we all, you know, it was, it was a buffet. Yeah. Who, who wouldn't want to go to a buffet where you can eat everything yeah. for one price? They had oddly decent wings there. They were pretty good. I had everything. Yeah. <laughs> I just, the only thing I didn't have was seafood because I was allergic to it. Okay. But everything else, I had my plate indulged in it. Okay. Um. Other place, it was that that place that was in the mall, uh, Carousel or not? Yeah, Carousel yeah. downstairs. Oh, the um, uh, Coonaville. Yeah, Coonaville was Coonaville awesome. Coonaville was, <laughs> was another spot that I like going to. As soon as you walk in, you got the two little things talking to you. <laughs> yeah. um, their food was actually good. Yeah, that place for was awesome. what it was. You know, it wasn't. You know, you can go there and. It was. It wasn't a lot of money either. Yeah, not to my knowledge. Oh yeah, because my mom used to take me, so it was. It would be me, her, and my sister. Mm. Our bill was probably what, like seventy dollars. Yeah, it wasn't for three people. Yeah, and I, I don't even think it was seventy dollars. I think I'm lying. <laughs> but it, you know, it was. It was good food for cheap. Yeah, shit's expensive. I'm gonna pull up this text. Yeah, you said talking about that. My buddy Bud sent me this text the other day. And uh, he said $1,000 five years ago is like $700 today. And that's just five years ago, you know. I mean, 
back in the early 2000s when Kahunaville was open. I mean, dear God. Yeah. Yeah, that play. I remember that place. It was great. And then I think the next thing after it went out was that glow-in-the-dark mini golf. Yeah. Yeah. Which they, I think they moved. Yeah. But back, back like six years ago, it was even when when Shopping Town was open, mm-hmm. it was some gr- it was good food in there. Yeah, you know it wasn't like the best, but yeah, we had some good restaurants in that mall mm-hmm. to go to. Everything just changed. Yeah. What do you think is um, if you could if you could put your finger on one thing and say I would if I could choose. Whether you own it, work in it, or you just want to see it open so you can enjoy it, there's one type of restaurant or one specific food that you'd like to see in Syracuse. What would it be? I wouldn't say it's food, but I'll have to go with Discovery Zone. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's not food, but I have to go with Discovery Zone. Yeah, man, the D- the DZ. <laughs> that was that was the that was the spot. Yeah, that was that was the spot. Oh yeah. no, hold on. I take that back. It was another place in in, in uh, uh, Shopping Town Mall too. Uh, that game spot, um, the laser tag. Oh yeah, it had like the vault. Yeah, yeah. Where you can like see through. <laughs> yeah, that was my, that was another spot. Yeah, I wouldn't say too much food that I liked back when I was a kid. Yeah, I, like I said, I said the um, uh, what did I say? Uh, I just said it. Ponderosa. Oh, yeah, Ponderosa and yeah. uh and um the uh, Yeah. Yeah. Those was like my kid spots mm-hmm. when I was growing up. Yeah. Hmm. So where do you get your inspiration for your food today? Is it just kinda like trial and error in the kitchen or are you like do you have like a are you like going on the internet and seeing what's out there and then No, I just just I come up with my own dishes in my head. Oh yeah. Like I said, I sit there and smoke a joint, and yeah. that's when it, my <laughs> brain's op- my brain open up. Yeah, I take I see I take edibles every night, and I take them to go to sleep. Because like one thing with like working in the kitchen, especially, uh, I can't before I take an edible, I can't go to sleep unless I'm like exhausted. Yeah. You know, I have trouble like that too. Yeah. Before that, I used to be able to like lay in bed. Oh, I'll lay here for ten minutes. I'll eventually fall asleep. Now, doesn't happen. So the the gummies help me. Just you know, I pop a gummy, sit on TikTok for fifteen minutes, and then if I have too much, I'm giggling and going to sleep, or I'm just going to sleep. <laughs> but I was gonna head down to Flintstone at some point this week and just because I don't know enough about it, and just ask them like, what's something for creativity? You know, I was thinking about getting into mushrooms like a year and a half ago before we had our son. And because um, I've heard great things about that, you know, just helping you get more creative and kind of get out of your own self. And then as I was talking to people about that, if, if there was more than a few people that were like, oh, yeah, we take mushrooms all the time. And I was like, well, you're not a very creative person, so maybe it's not going to have the effect that I want it to. <laughs> it, it, it all depends on the type of person you are. Yeah. So like whatever your mood is, is that's how that's how it's gonna hit how you. How it's gonna hit you. Yeah. Hmm. I'm good on it. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's uh, maybe one day I might I, I might try it. You know, as our son's older and I don't have to worry about like you know that kind of stuff. But uh, take a little piece. Yeah. Yeah. Start with yeah, because they have like those microdose chocolates and and shit. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause I'm curious, like what, you know, what creativity is there that like, you know, you could tap into inside yourself, like your subconscious when you're like, you know, really high, um, that you're just not going to get when you're sitting here thinking about responsibilities and time and all that kind of stuff, you know? Um, and I think that's a bit, that is, it's a huge part of like cooking and coming up with stuff in a, in a kitchen and for a restaurant, you know? So, so what's, uh, what, what do you guys got planned next down there? Um, finish the season up. Well, just continue to be open until after winter time. Yeah. Then get back in the truck. Yeah. Get yeah, back man. in the truck. 
We got some. We got. We got some. Uh, a big surprise. Oh yeah. Can't say it too. But we can't <laughs> say it, but we got a big surprise. All right. For the um, truck. Yeah, for the truck. Okay, cool. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of this. Um, it's all new. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a year since I've been with them on a truck. It's been great. That's cool. Yeah. I know we're going to reach out from uh, for Harvey's Garden because we've got um, – we're planning, like, we've got all next year's events planned, and one of them is Cinco de Mayo. Mm-hmm. And I know, yeah, I know we had you guys there last year, but we want to make it bigger this year. Okay. So, yeah. Well, cool. Well, tell everybody where they can find you and where they can get your food. Um, 1205 Area Boulevard West. Um, we're open Tuesday through Sunday. Tuesdays is 11 a.m. till 8 and when, uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays, noon to 10. And Fridays is uh, 11 a.m. to 1 a.m. And Saturdays, five, well, between like 4 or 5 p.m. till 2 in the morning. Cool. And then Sunday, 11 a.m. till 5 p.m. Awesome. Yeah. And What's the name of the place? Weston Kitchen and Catering. Awesome. All right, man. Thank you, Chef. Appreciate it. And this is Chef Royce. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Eat Local New York podcast. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Chef Royce Daniels. Again, you can find him over uh, over on the west side of Syracuse. You can find him, you know, in the summer with the Baja Cali guys in the summer on their food truck and putting out some some absolutely exceptional food. Um, You know, like I said, I've seen nothing but great things coming out of the West End Kitchen and uh, and on Facebook. And uh, from the few things I've had, absolutely great. So definitely check them out. Um, again, thank you, Chef, for coming on the podcast. And thank you for listening. We're going to catch you back here for another episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. Mm-hmm.